I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Starting in 2016, a statistic was bandied around like the latest internet meme. You've probably heard it. 65% of children entering school will ultimately work in a job that doesn't exist today. It challenged everyone from teachers to parents. How do we prepare our children for the working world when we don't know what it will look like? Well, it's really unclear where that statistic came from. Some attribute it to the World Economic Forum's Future of Work report, published in 2016, where it says, quote, By one popular estimate, 65% of children entering primary schools today will ultimately work in new job types and functions that don't currently yet exist, end quote. That quote is in there. It is in the World Economic Forum's Future of Work report, published in 2016. I read it myself. However, they don't cite where this so-called popular statistic came from. But shortly after that, it started showing up in popular business magazines and on the internet and everywhere. Now, a few brave souls have tried to find the source. One such person claims that versions of this statistic date all the way back to 1957. So it is an unfounded statistic. There are so many professions that have been around for 20 years 30 years, 100 years, that we are still going to need 20 years, 30 years, 100 years from now. So today on the podcast, we are not necessarily talking specifically about that unfounded percentage per se, but today on the podcast, we're talking about the concept of having a career and how that notion has changed over the years and how it will continue to change well into the future. Okay, so we all know that the world of work is changing and changing rapidly. And the pace of that change is accelerating. Advancements in technology, the rise of the gig economy, and a global pandemic have all played a role in reshaping the way we work. In this episode, we're going to explore the changes this has had on the meaning of the word career. Is career even relevant in today's world and into the future? Traditionally, a career was seen as a long-term commitment to a specific profession or industry. It was common for individuals to spend their entire working lives in one field, having one career, gradually moving up the ranks and earning promotions along the way. This linear career path was seen as the ideal, with stability and job security being the primary concerns. Occasionally, people made a career change, and it was kind of a big deal. Let's take my dad, for example. He was raised on a farm, and he intended to be a farmer. He worked on the farm that his parents ran while he was growing up, and after he graduated from high school, he went into the U.S. Army. At that particular point in time, it wasn't easy to get a job right out of high school without further training. 
either in college or in the armed forces. His family didn't have the means to pay for college, so he went the service route and enlisted in the United States Army. He was planning on serving the four years that he committed to and then upon his discharge, using the GI Bill to gain access to college so that he could take classes to learn about advanced agricultural practices that would make him a better and more profitable farmer. Now, if you're not familiar with the GI Bill, also called Servicemen's Readjustment Act, it came out after World War II when the United States government began providing education and other benefits to those who had served in the armed forces during the war. The benefits were later extended to those who had served in the armed forces even after World War II, which was the case for my dad. He was a kid when World War II was going on. Okay, so there's your brief United States history lesson. Now, back to my dad's story. He was going to serve his time in the military, cash in on the educational benefits, and start a profitable farming operation. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? Well, things took a bit of a turn in his life when his father, my grandfather, died unexpectedly while my dad was in the army. They gave him an honorable early discharge because he was needed at home to help run the family farm. And he farmed in the family business until it was time for him to go off on his own. He and my mom got married. They rented a farm to run for themselves, and he continued his career in agriculture as a farmer. Until his back couldn't take it. If you're not familiar with farm work, it is physically demanding hard work. More so then than now. Now we have advanced machinery doing a lot of the literal heavy lifting, but back then, it was backbreaking work. With the physical demands of the work outpacing his back, my dad made a career change. Again, back then, this was a big deal. He had a family to support, and at that time, my mom's job was to help on the farm. She drove tractor, helped with various aspects of the farming operation, but she also had three rambunctious kids to look after. During this career change, my dad was presumably taking quite a risk, leaving a career that he had known for his whole life, one that had financially supported himself, my mom, and my two brothers and me. His career change was significant. He totally retooled. He still had his GI Bill credits. He hadn't used them. So he went to a local technical college and studied to become a machinist. Get it? He totally retooled. As a machinist, he would work in factories in the shop, repairing manufacturing equipment when it broke down and conducting routine maintenance on factory equipment to prevent it from breaking down. And as a machinist, he was qualified to make new parts for machines when they needed them. Again, this was a significant career change. It also led to a change in housing. There was no farmhouse to live in any longer because my parents weren't farming. When they stopped farming and renting the farm that they were using, they had to move too. Talk about a significant change. Not only did his career change, but so did our family's housing and our community. My parents decided to move about 45 miles away to a house on a lake, the house that I grew up in for most of my life. I was a year and a half old when we moved. Now, the rest of my dad's career remained, for the most part, as a machinist. He changed companies a number of times, and he even stepped away from manufacturing to teach for a while at that same technical college in the program where he learned to be a machinist, before returning back to a 3M manufacturing plant where he had worked earlier. He finished his career and retired from there. Now, if you think about the career that he initially had and the change that he made, that's just how it was in those days. 
you had a career. And if you changed careers, it was kind of a big deal. However, the modern workplace looks very different. The gig economy has brought about a rise in freelance and contract work, allowing individuals to work on a project-by-project basis and choose the types of jobs they take. Remote work has also become ubiquitous as a result of the pandemic, enabling individuals to work from anywhere in the world and connect with colleagues and clients wherever they might find themselves. Advancements in technology have also played a significant role in the reshaping of the world of work. Automation and artificial intelligence have made some jobs obsolete while creating new ones in fields such as data science and cybersecurity. So those might be a few of the jobs that didn't exist when I was a kid. Now, this means that individuals may need to continually update their skills to stay relevant in the job market as things change. As a result of these broad sweeping changes, the definition of career itself has shifted. Rather than a long-term commitment to a single field, a career is now seen as a series of experiences and learning opportunities, jobs here and jobs there. Individuals may move between different roles and industries throughout their working lives, continually learning and growing. The changing definition of career is also linked to a shift in values among younger generations. As you well know from listening to this podcast, millennials and Gen Z prioritize work-life balance personal fulfillment, and social impact over job security and financial stability. They're less likely to stay in a job that they don't enjoy and more likely to prioritize their mental health and well-being over sticking with a particular company or particular career like one did back in the day. This shift in values has led to the rise of what's come to be known as the portfolio career. Rather than working for a single employer, Individuals may have multiple part-time jobs or freelance gigs that allow them to pursue their passions and maintain a flexible schedule, gathering up examples of their work in that portfolio. This type of career path may be particularly attractive to individuals who value autonomy and flexibility in their work. Is it a traditional career? I'd be quick to say no. But I'm also quick to question whether the conception of career as we traditionally think of it, is meaningful or useful in today's world and well into the future. I don't really think it is. I think it has changed and it will continue to change because the future of work will continue to evolve in the coming years. Again, automation and AI are expected to impact even more industries than they already do now, which means that individuals will continually need to update their skills to stay competitive in the job market. Remote work and freelancing will become even more common as companies recognize the benefits of a more flexible workforce and as the labor market gets even tighter and workers, notice I don't say employees here, I say workers, continue to demand the flexible work arrangements they so desire. And the continued rise of the gig economy may lead to the development of new platforms and technologies that make it even easier for individuals to find and secure work, mitigating some of the risk of being a gig worker. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. 
In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So what does this all mean for individuals who are just starting out in their careers or looking to make a change? Or kids who are just starting school now? (laughs) Guess what? I am not going to tell you that 65% of the jobs that they will have don't exist yet. If you have a kindergartner now, I'm going to make a serious wager that we will still have plenty of teachers and doctors and nurses and farmers and bus drivers and software engineers and garbage collectors and marketers and so on. The specific tasks within those professions may change as technology changes. Hello, artificial intelligence. But most of those professions will still exist in a recognizable form when your little one completes their formal education and heads off into the workforce. Instead of perpetuating that perhaps fictional statistic because we still can't figure out where it came from, I'm going to provide you with some tips to help navigate the changing landscape of work. Turns out I can answer the question of how to prepare children for the working world when we don't know what it will look like. And it works for those of us who are in the world of work right now as well. And for the record, these tips are future-proof. That is, I have every confidence that they will be as useful in two decades as they are today. So here they are. Number one, develop a personal brand. Whether you are part of the gig economy or climbing the ranks in a traditional corporation, it is becoming increasingly important to develop a brand that sets you apart from the competition. If you want to be part of the gig economy, consider creating a website, building a social media presence, writing a blog, and on and on to showcase your skills and expertise. And if you're on the inside of a corporate setting, do all those same things. Have a presence on your corporate intranet. Be active on your internal social media channels like Yammer, Google Workspace, Slack, or whatever platforms you use to stay connected, doing the work, and socially. In short, be known. Number two, embrace lifelong learning. With technology evolving rapidly, it's essential to stay continually updated in your skills in order to stay competitive in the job market. This might mean taking courses, attending workshops, or pursuing advanced degrees and certificates. Number three, be flexible. The world of work is becoming more flexible, and it's important to be open to new opportunities and ways of working. Consider freelancing, part-time work, or remote work as potential options for your career if you are looking for that flexibility of the gig economy. And if you're on the corporate track, flexibility is key here too. Consider a lateral move to learn another part of the business if that promotion that you were hoping for doesn't come to pass. Number four, build a diverse network. With a portfolio career, or if you're in the gig economy, it's important to have a diverse network of contacts who can help you find work, and who can connect you with new opportunities. Likewise, inside a company, it's important to have a strong network as well. Attend industry events, join professional organizations, join an employee resource group if you're inside the organization, and use social media to continue to build your network. Number five, 
prioritize personal fulfillment. While job security and financial stability are certainly important, they should not be the sole focus of your work life. Prioritize your mental health and well-being and pursue work that aligns with your values and your passions. When you do that, even if you don't like a particular gig or a particular position you're holding in a company, at least if you have that values alignment and that passion alignment, it's going to see you through it. And number six, stay adaptable. The future of work is unpredictable, and it is essential to be adaptable and willing to pivot when necessary. Be prepared to take on new challenges and learn new skills, even if that means stepping outside your comfort zone. So there you have it, my friends, six things you can do to keep your future employment options evolving with the times and staying in motion, regardless of exactly what your path looks like. As for the concept of career, I think it's still relevant a bit, as long as you don't tie it to outdated patterns of what careers used to be. And of course, if it helps you tell your career story. And here, of course, I'm making a callback to episode one of the Working Conversations podcast, where I explained the importance of being able to tell your career story as a cohesive narrative. I think that is still incredibly important. And if the framework of a career gives you the language and helps you with the narrative, I'm all for it. I don't think it's important to feel bound to a career, however. There is so much more fluidity and flexibility in today's world of work. We can take our transferable skills and move them from one field to the next without the jarring disruption that my dad must have felt in the early 1970s when he stopped farming and started doing something altogether different. As a quick recap, to succeed in this changing landscape, you will need to develop, number one, a personal brand. Number two, build a diverse network. Number three, embrace lifelong learning. Number four, be flexible. Number five, prioritize your personal fulfillment. And number six, stay adaptable. By doing so, you can build a fulfilling and successful career or whatever you want to call it that aligns with your values and passions. If you enjoy this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so you get notified every time there's a new episode out. As I've mentioned before, I'm starting to put some other videos there too. So even if you listen on a podcast player, you'll want to head over to YouTube and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Wherever you're listening or watching, please leave me a review. It helps other listeners find me and it just plain all makes me feel good. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.